Animals Today Radio is made possible in part by a generous grant from International Society for Animal Rights, isaronline.org. So I'm looking at a cartoon right now showing two cats chatting at a bar drinking martinis, and there are Christmas ornaments dangling from the ceiling, and the caption reads... So they bring a tree in the house and put all these shiny dangling things on it, then freak out if I go near it. This is why I drink. So the holiday season is upon us and keeping our furry family members safe during the holidays can be a difficult task. Veterinarian Dr. Robert Reed is here to tell us what preventative measures we need to take to protect our companion animals this holiday season. Welcome back to the program, Dr. Reed. Hi, Lori. Yeah, nice to be back. Robert, there are many articles that talk about the hazards to pets during the holiday season. Do you see more pet incidents this time of year? Certainly, we see a lot more pet, unexpected pet incidents, you know, things that come up because of all the activity and the changes that occur in the household because of the holidays. So tell us what we need to be aware of. Thinking back to your example of the cartoon um, regarding the Christmas tree, there are a lot of things associated with the tree and the gifts around the tree that can present hazards, both for cats and dogs. Um, the ornaments, of course, you mentioned, uh, obviously, sometimes can be glass. Plenty of people put tinsel or ribbons on their trees. And broken glass can be a hazard for a cat or a dog, either through contact or, in some cases, dogs even chew on them. Uh, but for cats, the bigger risk is really the tinsel or any kind of string-like decoration that they might want to chew on, play with, or even swallow because it can create obstructions in their digestive tract. Electrical cords that uh, attach the trees to the outlets, of course, uh, and to the lights themselves. Uh, the water that you put in the tree that sits there and soaks up uh, a little bit of the uh, oils from the tree itself can grow bacteria. There may be some fertilizers in it. These are all things that present mild hazards. You know, the electrical cord is obvious. Uh, the glass ornament's obvious. The ribbon and tinsel should be obvious. But a few other things, you know, to think about are like batteries or gifts that might be placed under the tree that contain things that you don't know about that may become evident to a dog, particularly those that contain food. So if there's one pearl of wisdom I can offer you in protecting your pets from tree-related risks, it's to make sure that if you receive a gift from someone that's wrapped but you think might have food in it, don't put it under the tree. Yeah. Because dogs are very good at sniffing those out. And how about food hazards? Um, the food hazards are probably the most common types of problems we encounter, particularly with dogs. Um, the the most, most problematic one is chocolate, and we'll get back to that in a second. Okay. But there are other things that you may not think about, like bread dough, which is um, uh, more prevalent around the holidays and certainly can present problems for dogs, both as a choking hazard and, interestingly, as a potential for alcohol poisoning as it ferments, it gets into the system. Um, but, you know, any food that has a uh, high fat content or something that a dog is not used to eating um, can cause a lot of irritation to the stomach or the intestinal tract. And, you know, more significantly, it particularly has a lot of fat in it, can overstimulate the pancreas and create pancreatitis, which can be a progressive condition if not treated. Um, even to the point of becoming life-threatening. So we worry a lot about those dietary indiscretions. They're easily the most common cause of a medical problem related to the, hot, to the holidays. Uh, but chocolate definitely is the big one. That is the thing that we see most often around the holidays. And um, there's a few things that people may want to remember about chocolate that can be helpful. Um, one is that milk chocolate is the least toxic of the forms of chocolate. We tend to use that as the standard. So if you say that milk chocolate you know, can cause perhaps a, a problem for a dog of 20 pounds if they consume two ounces of it. Dark chocolate is about twice as toxic as milk chocolate. So a 20-pound dog could become sick if they ingested maybe one ounce of it. 
the really serious ones are Baker's chocolate, which is about eight times as toxic as milk to- milk chocolate, and um, cocoa powder, which is about ten times as chocolate as uh, toxic as milk chocolate. Uh, white chocolate has very little toxic properties. It doesn't have a lot of actual chocolate in it, so it's a little bit safer. The the toxic component is theobromine, and there's a little bit of caffeine in it. So the problems that you would see if a dog ingests too much chocolate is usually a little hyperactivity initially, um, but sometimes depression, um, very often a racing heart, sometimes vomiting, very often diarrhea. And if the dose is high enough, it can actually be fatal. So I always recommend that if you think your dog has ingested chocolate, that you talk to someone about it. And I, I have a number for a poison control line that can be helpful. Uh, but always talk to someone about it. Have an idea about how much chocolate the dog or cat, it's usually a dog, has eaten, uh, what kind of chocolate it is, or what kind of mix of chocolates may be in it so that you can get an idea of actually the amount of toxic component that a dog has eaten to tell you whether their dog is going to have a significant problem and how urgently you need to address it. Now, I know a lot of people give their dogs bones during the holidays, chicken bones, turkey bones. This this can't be healthy or good for the animals, right? Well, I think that's true. And there's there's one you know, watchword that I, I, I like to follow with with those type, with feeding a dog during the holidays, there's a lot of stuff going on in households that creates stress for dogs and cats in the household. They have you know strange people in the house, changes in schedule, distracted owners. There's a lot going on that create anxiety for pets. The last thing you want to do is introduce new foods into their life that they have to deal with. At any point, a dog or cat is going to have a hard time adjusting their digestive tract to a new food, but particularly when there are other anxieties, other stressors in the household that are causing them problems already. I think that you know, if there's one thing that you can do just to protect your household overall, and that, that's to try to provide your, your pets a refuge from all of the anxiety, all of the activity and excitement that's going on. Not every dog and most cats are not happy about having all these people and all of these things going on at once. So it's helpful to give them a zone that they can go to and be away from all that. And you can allow them exposures in a limited amount. And it also helps keep your guests from giving them food that you're not aware of. It, it makes it easier for you to keep track of where they are so you're not worried about them getting out of the house or getting into an area that they're not supposed to be in, or getting into foods, or um, or decorations that you don't want them getting into. That's really great advice, and it's probably important to keep our pets' eating and exercise habits as close to their normal routine as possible, right? I would agree with that completely. Yeah, do as much as you can to protect their routine, because there are plenty of forces working against you on that, <laughs> trying to disrupt the routine. Do everything you can to keep it consistent. Dr. Reed, talk briefly about toxic holiday plants. You know, that's a good question to bring up, Lori. There are a few plants that we tend to associate with the holidays. Um, The main three are poinsettia, mistletoe, and holly. All three of those have minor toxic components, but generally not life-threatening. They're likely to cause a gastrointestinal upset, maybe some vomiting, potentially some diarrhea, but nothing too serious um, if they ingest it. And that's usually going to be a dog. Cats will chew on them and they'll get some vomiting from the irritation, but generally nothing more serious than that. The one plant that everyone who has cats should be aware of is lilies. Lilies are not a big winter flower. They're more of a spring flower. You're not likely to have them in the house, but occasionally flower arrangements will have lilies in them. And every component of the lily plant is toxic to cats, Mm. but not to dogs. So anytime you have lilies in the house, make sure they're kept in an area where your cat is not going to be able to get to them. Hey, Laura, there's a couple of more tips I want to offer for people on the holidays. 
Um, two things to remember that you might encounter. Those little silica gel packets that come in, in, in uh, boxes to keep the contents dry. They yeah. have a little label that says, do not eat. They're not that toxic. Probably one of the most common reasons people call the poison control hotline is for that. And they're not that bad. And the other thing is those um, glow-in-the-dark ornaments or glow sticks. If a dog or a cat bites into them, they may act like it really, really bothers them because it tastes really bad, but it's not very toxic. Great. And Dr. Ree, what is the poison control hotline number, please? The ASPCA poison control hotline is 888-426-4435. And just so your listeners know, Lori, there's a $65 charge um, to receive advice through that line. Okay, I'm going to repeat that number again so people can write it down and hang it up on the refrigerator if they need it in an emergency, 888-426-4435. Dr. Robert Reed, thank you. You bet, Lori. Happy holidays. Hi, this is Dr. Lori Kirshner, and I want to thank you for listening to Animals Today. Make sure to visit us on animalstodayradio.com, where you will see all our previous shows and where you can download them free. That's animalstodayradio.com, or you can listen on iTunes. Also, make sure to like us on Facebook and join the discussion. Animals Today gets a lot of its support from the nonprofit group Advancing the Interests of Animals. Please visit them at aianimals.org. That's aianimals.org. And I hope you'll consider making a donation to help pay for the ongoing broadcast of Animals Today. Each week on Animals Today, we strive to bring you the highest quality, most up-to-date information about all animals, how we treat them, and their place in society, while promoting greater respect and kindness towards them. So thanks for your support. That website again is aianimals.org. And thanks for listening. So you and your family have decided to get a dog or cat. We think that's great. And we want to remind you to adopt your next companion animal instead of buying. That's because shelters have so many loving dogs and cats waiting for a home that it just doesn't make sense to buy a pet from a breeder or pet store. And sadly, over half of all animals that enter shelters are killed. That's millions per year. So when you adopt your pet from a shelter, most likely, you really are saving a life. When you go to a shelter to adopt your new dog or cat, you will find many wonderful choices for your new family member. And please tell your friends and family to visit the shelter when they are ready to get a new dog or cat. Ask anyone. When you adopt an animal, you'll have a loyal friend for life. And you'll feel pretty good, too. This message is presented by Advancing the Interests of Animals. Visit them at aianimals.org and on Facebook. That's aianimals.org. Hey folks, it's Danny here. I want to talk to you a little bit about our power grid. Now, it's no secret that the administration has literally declared war on the coal industry. And the result is that the cost of electricity is skyrocketing right past the record rates we already have. Now, ultimately, I believe these policies are going to create real shortages of electricity. It's like Obamacare, but with the power grid. And it gets worse. Experts say that our power grid continues to remain unprotected and vulnerable, which is why I want all of my listeners to be able to produce their own supply of electricity. Listen, I believe that it's time to prepare. You should always prepare and be prepared, especially with any coming problems concerning the power grid. So do what I did. Get a solar generator from Solutions from Science. They run quietly, emit no fumes, and produce an endless supply of electricity from the sun. Go to DanaSolarBackup.com to learn more. That's DanaSolarBackup.com. Use coupon code Dana to get a special half-price offer. DanaSolarBackup.com. Do you owe the IRS money? Do you have years of unfiled returns? Has the IRS garnished your wages or put a lien against your house? The IRS has the power to make you pay back what they claim you owe and will stop at nothing to collect. If you are losing sleep over your IRS tax problem, there is a solution. Call Signature Tax now. Speak with our professionals and feel the weight of your tax burden lifted from your shoulders. Call 800-859-9446 for your free and confidential analysis on ending your tax nightmare. We can help get your life back on track and give you the fresh start you deserve. Our A-plus BBB-rated tax resolution team has over 125 years of combined experience to get you the best deal possible while stopping the IRS dead in their tracks. Call Signature Tax now at 800-859-9446. 
Call 800-859-9446. Again, that's 800-859-9446. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Peter. Hey, Lori. That was a lot of great information that Dr. Reed offered us. And, you know, I'm glad he sort of stratified the risk there because you read these lists in the articles that you refer to and it's just sort of, you know, a list of 10 things. Don't let your animals near that or that. But he really lets us know where the danger spots are, doesn't he? He sure does. And something that he stressed is it is important to keep our pets eating and exercise habits as close to their normal routine as possible during the holiday season. Yes. And something he didn't mention, which I, uh, I guess maybe it's not as common as I thought, but it sure scares me. And that's the dogs, especially getting into human medicine, the medicine that your guests might bring and leave in their bag. That's a good point. People nightmares about that. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. People come over, they stay over, they bring their bags, they drop them on the the floor of the the bedroom that they're going to be staying in, and there's medicine in there. Yeah, and I bet that. Our little well-behaved uh, dog Susie would uh, sniff that out, wouldn't she? <laughs> not so little and not always so well-behaved. Yes, she would get that and break open the bottle and ingest that in a so split this is, second. This is why we're a little neurotic about keeping that bedroom door closed, but also uh, keep the medicines up on the counter. And I want to remind everyone to go to the website, animalstodayradio.com, where you can see all the previous shows there many years now and a little blog post about each one. And you can listen right there or you can download it. Uh, also, you want to go to iTunes and subscribe to the show on iTunes. And every week you'll get an automatic upload on your device so you can take us everywhere you go. (laughs) Also, the nonprofit animal welfare organization Advancing the Interests of Animals is the primary sponsor of Animals Today. So if you like what you hear on the show, consider donating to Advancing the Interests of Animals. Their website is aianimals.org. That's aianimals.org. So I saw this thing online called the Kitty Convict Project. Do you hear about that? No. It is a campaign wanting to uh, help people locate indoor cats if they get outdoors, and they call them kitty convicts. They want you to have your indoor cat wear a bright orange collar, and this way, if he or she gets out and is wandering the neighborhood, she could be spotted, because by by the way this uh, is conceived, everybody will know that an orange collared cat should be inside so the cat is escaped so like an escaped convict i love that idea do you i think it's great i thought it was a pretty neat idea too and they've got this great infographic to explain how it works with a lot of cute art um there were some people like me who didn't love the name of the project project kitty convict but whatever you know, so many people have outdoor cats, too, or indoor-outdoor cats. But, mm-hmm. you know, those people like us who just have and only want to have because it's safer and healthier for the cat, indoor cats, then you'd want to know, right? You'd want other people to know that this is an indoor cat. Go go help this this kitty. Yeah, I, I, do, I do like it. I like my name better. I say the uh, lost or the escaped cat project, why... Orange you home. Orange. Oh, that's so okay, cute. Why Very you clever, home? Peter. Okay, thank why you. We'll orange see. you home. I'm, I'm I like sure it. that will take off. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, how many dogs do you think currently serve in the U.S. military? I have no idea. More than 2,000. Yep. They are currently, and they do various things. You know what they do. They sniff out IEDs and roadside bombs. Right. They do guard duty. They uh, do special specialized detection and uh, sort of searching, right? Yeah. And we've talked about this. Many of these uh, dogs in Afghanistan end up being separated from their handlers who they, they live with 24 hours a day. And sometimes they don't make it home together, right? They get sort of separated. Or they leave them behind purposely, right? Yeah, right. What's happened uh, recently is that, as you know, a number of groups have stepped in, private groups have stepped in to try to get these dogs home and get reunited with their handlers, many of whom you know, are now civilians, right? And they've done a great job in, in doing this. Well, 
Congress has now uh, gotten involved, thankfully, and passed the National Defense Authorization Act, NDAA, and this is going to mandate the, the return of retiring military working dogs to U.S. soil. That and is wonderful. That's great. And then, so there must be funding involved in this, which is a nice and a mechanism to make it happen. And then once they get back, the first uh, folks who are able to adopt the animal would be the former handlers and their families. So you'll see a lot more of these uh, beautiful uh, reunions. What do you think was a reason behind leaving the dogs behind? No uh, money? You know, that goes back to, I, I think, even in World War II or Korea, we had a guest explaining how that was just the, the, the protocol. Just you're done with your mission, just get out. There's no mechanism. And I guess some of that got held you're done over. done with your mission, get out. Human get out, right, but right. leave the dog behind. Yeah. Right. Well, we're getting away from that, thankfully. Well, I think that's fantastic. Uh, coincidentally, I saw a really sweet video today of a uh, retired service, no, an active serviceman come back from Afghanistan, and he had become separated from his uh, dog. They worked together uh, sniffing out IEDs, and he was really looking f everywhere to try to find this dog. And he thought that he was going to go into a ceremony to ask for help to find the dogs. You know, they had created a event for him, and it turns out they presented the dog to him. The dog had been working for a fire department in Iowa, and then they figured out that this was previously his dog, and it was really a... Everyone was crying except for him. He was too strong to show it, but he was really happy. It was. It, I was crying as I was watching my computer screen on this one. It was really, really sweet story. Remember the ag-gag law coverage that we did recently with Bob Ferber? Sure. So uh, in Idaho, the ag... the the ag-gag law that was in place there was ruled unconstitutional by a federal court. The basis on that was that it violated the First Amendment. Well... Oh, wait, uh, so just back up a minute. Okay. So for people listening who don't know what ag-gag laws are, just explain that, please. Ag-gag laws are anti-whistleblower laws. These are laws designed mostly in, uh, in the agricultural heavy states. Uh, to prevent the uh, undercover videotaping and documentation of cruelty that occurs in factory farms for the most part. And so now these laws are carved out and they're made especially to make those behaviors which expose, right, reality, make those uh, things illegal. And Bob's point, our legal expert Bob Ferber, was that these can have a very wide-reaching and unintended consequence uh, wide-reaching effect to the negative and uh, broad unintended consequences. And he also predicted that probably Idaho was not just going to stay silent after uh, this was deemed unconstitutional. And indeed, urged by groups like the Idaho Farm Bureau and Idaho Dairymen's Association, uh, the state of Idaho, of Idaho has filed an appeal to this overturn. So we'll Bob, see where that goes. Bob is so smart. Yeah, it's going to be a long, long road. We'll let you know what happens there. And uh, great news from the Galapagos, and that is uh, for the first time in a hundred years, they're starting to see baby hatchlings of their uh, tortoises spontaneously appearing. You know, they were nearly wiped out by the rats. And so finally, they're starting to come back and it's really exciting and uh it's a wonderful thing down in the galapagos and speaking of tortoises yeah stay tuned next segment we've got two personal stories about families who rescued tortoises and made them their companion animals not just any families these are our dear friends who would have thought i know don't go away you're listening to animals today Rita, you look upset. I am, and I'm not sure what to do. My neighbor's dog is tied up outside. He looks very skinny and sick, and I never see food or clean water given to him. You need to report this right away. What do you mean? Well, you should call Animal Services or the police and tell them about the abused and neglected dog. They can help to make sure the dog is properly taken care of. Okay, I can't stand to watch him suffer anymore. What's the number? Even though most of us take good care of our pets, not everyone treats dogs and cats with the care and compassion they need to be safe and healthy. If you see that a dog or cat is not being treated properly, report it to animal services or the police right away. Pets need food and clean water and protection from extreme weather. You can make the difference, and you don't have to give your name. 
Help stop pet abuse and neglect. Be their voice. Make the call. This message is brought to you by Advancing the Interests of Animals. Visit them at AIanimals.org. That's AIanimals.org. There is no getting around it. The great outdoors isn't so great for your cat. From speeding cars to toxic lawn chemicals, coyotes to cruel humans, cats are no match to the dangers of today's world. The good news is animal behavior experts say cats don't need to go outside to be happy. Your family will be happier and healthier, too, without the ticks, fleas, diseases, and the dead critters the outdoor cats bring their owners. And you will never have to explain to a crying child who or what hurt her pet or why he hasn't come home. Cats can enjoy a happy and safe life indoors. The key is to provide attention, exercise, and a stimulating environment. Play with your cat. It's fun for both of you. You can hide toys around the house, too. Just make sure there can be no detachable parts that can be swallowed. You can protect your cat from becoming a tragic statistic. Tomorrow may be too late. This message is brought to you by Advancing the Interests of Animals. Visit them at www.aianimals.org. That's aianimals.org. This Christmas, Toys for Tots celebrates 68 years of delivering a message of hope to America's less fortunate children. In 1947, one Marine unit delivered 5,000 toys. Today, Marines will provide toys and books for 7 million children in over 780 communities nationwide. Over 15 million children live in poverty in the United States, and nearly all risk waking up Christmas morning without a gift under their tree. Thousands of Marines and volunteers aim to change that. Lieutenant General Pete Osmond, President and CEO of the Marine Toys for Tots Foundation, has more. Folks, Marine Toys for Tots really need your support this year. Through the gift of a new toy or a cash donation, you can help bring the joy of Christmas and send that message of hope to our nation's less fortunate children. Simply drop your favorite toy in a Toys for Tots collection bin or make an online donation. Please go to www.toysfortots.org. For- I'm Bob Dorigo Jones, and this is Let's Be Fair. A self-described psychic from Texas is suing the governor of New York for reward money that was offered during a high-profile manhunt last summer. In June, Governor Andrew Cuomo said that the state would pay $100,000 to anyone who provided information leading to the capture of two inmates who had escaped from a prison in upstate New York. The psychic claims he called the governor's office after that and provided information that helped locate the men. But in a rambling 31-page lawsuit, he can only point to vague opinions he gave, such as the inmates separating at some point, and that the police were walking right by them. Let's be fair, I'm not usually one to make predictions, but there is one thing I can foretell in this case with absolute certainty. The taxpayers of New York are going to have to pay to defend this ridiculous lawsuit. A judge has allowed the case to proceed without requiring the man to pay the usual filing fee because, and I quote, the plaintiff has only about $80 in his bank account. Learn more. Visit our website at centerforamericatv.org. Do you hear that ringing? I've heard that ringing in my ears for over 20 years. My doctor said... The ringing and buzzing in your ears is called tinnitus, and you're just going to have to learn to live with it. The constant ringing in my ears is annoying. I've tried everything, and nothing worked. So I invested my own money, met with doctors, specialists, and certified labs. After a decade of research, we've developed Tinoxyl, a prescription-free, 100% natural and effective way to stop the ringing. And better yet, it helps me sleep. Trying to sleep with ringing in my ears is almost impossible. But with Tinoxyl, I started sleeping better in the first couple weeks. I'm so confident that Tinoxyl will help you too that I'm giving the first 100 callers a free 30-day supply. Don't let the ringing in your ears control your life. Call now and get your free 30-day supply. Just pay shipping. Take back control of your life. Combat the ringing and start sleeping again. Try it for free. Call 800-930-1669. That's 800-930-1669. 800-930-1669. Welcome back to the program. Have you ever considered adopting an exotic pet? And is this a good idea? I knew someone who had an iguana, and pretty big one too, who spent his whole life in a cage in a bathroom. Not a very good existence, in my opinion. But it turns out that Peter and I personally know two people who have rescued tortoises, and we're going to talk to them now. First, I want to welcome to the show Lee Kirk, a dear friend of mine. Hi, Lee. 
Hi, Lori. So you and David rescued a tortoise. How did this happen, and have you always wanted to have a tortoise? Well, actually, no. We had never desired to have a reptile as a family member. David and I had become aware that there was a rescued tortoise in need of a new home, so we were intrigued by this, and that started us on a learning journey, which culminated in taking on a 100-pound African sulcata tortoise, whose name is Dozer. Dozer, 100-pound African sulcata tortoise. Wow. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. How, how old is Dozer? We don't know for sure. Apparently, there's no uh, way to actually precisely age a tortoise. The vet estimated between 30 and 60 years. Lee, what kind of condition was Dozer in when you first acquired him? He was in a fairly decent condition for a captive tortoise. I learned that captive tortoises commonly have shell deformities from being raised on nutritionally imbalanced or incomplete diets. Our tortoise uh, lives with a deformity at the end of his shell, which unnaturally curls under, partially impinging his tail. Poor guy. But it doesn't affect his physiological functioning in any harmful way. The vet said he was arthritic as well, but this seems to have improved since we've had him and are feeding him an ideal tortoise diet. Right. And can you describe the kind of habitat you created to keep Dozer safe, healthy, and content? Sure. This was a really big job. At first, I naively thought we could get really close on simulating his natural habitat. At least that was my hope. However, I learned that African sulcatas roam up to as many as 20 square miles of their native African grasslands. We live on just under three acres in a desert. But I've been told that the eighth of an acre we walled off for him is considered pretty plush digs for a captive tortoise. He has his own house, too, with a burrow inside to keep him sheltered from being either too hot or too cold. Lots of shade trees with low-hanging branches. We built a special pond with circulating water. Since he doesn't digest his food, he ferments it like a cow. He eats grass, both fresh and dried, and weeds. He also loves prickly pear cactus fruit, which the vet says has enough fiber to be an appropriate treat for him. Oh, that's so interesting. Lee, what would you say is the biggest surprise that you have experienced taking care of Dozer? That tortoises can belt. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's just, the question is, Lee, does he pardon himself when he belches? <laughs> I think he gave me a little wink. Okay. Has this been a fun experience for you, Lee? And, and do you have any regrets? Uh, absolutely. This has been extraordinarily fun. It's amazing to interact with him and even just to watch him. It feels like watching a dinosaur. He's absolutely stunning. He's a sight to behold. And um, no, we have no regrets. Lee, would you recommend adopting a tortoise to other people? And who should or should not adopt a tortoise? I would recommend people consider it if they have a nice-sized yard and can afford to feed a hefty amount of grass. Unbeknownst to me, when we started this journey, there's a glut of homeless rescue tortoises. People apparently get them when they're cute and tiny, not realizing they grow to 100 pounds. I feel sorry for them. It's a nice feeling to rescue an adult tortoise. Now, I know Dozer is not a young baby tortoise. You mentioned he is somewhere between 30 to 60 years old, and I know they can live long lives. So I suppose there's a chance your tortoise will outlive you. Have you made provisions for his care after you're gone? Uh, There is a chance, and and we were a bit worried about this in the beginning. Um, We haven't actually yet made plans, but we definitely plan to, although we're in a little bit less of a rush than we were initially since we learned they don't live as long in captivity as they do in the wild, unfortunately. Well, although we are uncertain about the quality of life Dozer had during the first 30 to 60 years of his life, I am certain that Dozer will live the rest of his life in a very loving home. Lee Kirk, thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, I want to welcome to the show another friend who rescued a tortoise, Dr. Bruce Strathy. Welcome to the program, Bruce. Thank you very much. Bruce, we just spoke with one of my dear friends, Lee Kirk. Her and her husband rescued a 100-pound African sulcata tortoise oh named name of Dozer. The vet tells her that Dozer is somewhere between 30 and 60 years old. Tell us about the little person you rescued. A patient in my uh, 
practice uh, was a science teacher, and he asked me if I might be interested in adopting a hatchling desert tortoise. Um, he had an acquaintance uh, that uh, had several of these that uh, were too many, too many for him to deal with, and he was looking for safe homes for a number of hatchlings that he just couldn't keep. So I checked with my 10-year-old granddaughter, who thought this was a delightful opportunity. <laughs> we researched the care of baby tortoises on the Internet, double-checked our findings with the hatchling donor, and that fellow was uh, sufficiently impressed by our efforts that he sent us off with a charmingly tiny hatchling desert tortoise. And what is his or her name? Okay, uh, my granddaughter named this tortoise, uh, the gender of which will not be known for several years, Miss T, as in M-I-S-S with a T for tortoise. And we thought that that could sort of transition into if she's a girl, Miss T, M-I-S-T-Y, or if it's a boy, Mr. So we'll just have to wait and see. It's uh, it's one of those unknown things. When they're four or five years old, they apparently either lay a clutch of eggs or they don't, and that pretty much tells the story. Oh, that's so interesting. And what if she, it is a she, she mm-hmm. does lay a clutch of eggs, then what? Well, uh, if she has been living the private life, uh, probably nothing. But uh, if uh, she is uh, uh, in a situation where uh, she can get together with a male tortoise, uh, then I may have the same problem that uh, the fellow who started this all did. However, uh, I have since discovered that that's basically a no-no. You do have to have a permit to um, own a tortoise. Uh, I think it's a free permit. The state just apparently wants to know how many of these are around, but you are not supposed to breed them in captivity. Good, good. And and Dr. Strathy, what sort of habitat did you have to create to keep Miss T safe, healthy, and happy? Yeah. At first, when uh, Miss T was outside, We kept an eagle eye on her for fear that an actual eagle, hawk, or crow might be doing the same thing. The crows are major predators on these poor little things. The tortoise is two years old now, and it's almost too large to pick up easily with the grip of one hand across the shell, much bigger than than her early days. Uh, I'm still in the habit of bringing her inside at night. I have a six-foot diameter, thin-walled, foot-high plastic swimming pool in my bedroom. That's where she sleeps at night. There's a felt lining beneath a layer of bark chips, a tortoise hideaway, a heating lamp, and a UV light. Water is there, of course, and the daily toss salad. Frankly, if she ever runs away from home, her standard of living will, I think, decline precipitously. (laughs) But whoever heard of a tortoise running anywhere? And, and what does Miss T eat, and what does she do all day long? On, on the outside, um, she will uh, wander around the yard. We, uh, we have a backyard that's pretty well sealed up. She's pretty well contained in there, and uh, she'll munch on the grass. There are a variety of other bushes that she can uh, nibble on. Um, I go down to my uh, supermarket and... Uh, pick up uh, several types of kale, uh, endive, uh, is that called reducio or something? It looks uh, it looks like a, uh, what's the term? It looks like a cabbage almost. Um, she eats occasionally some uh, strawberries, although she's not wild about fruit. Yeah, she has a, a, a mixed salad without the dressing every day, and uh, it seems to have done her very well. Knowing you, I'm sure you did a lot of research. Um, you you kind of have to, especially there are certain sorts of plants that um, uh, you don't want to have around uh, for them to nibble on because apparently they're not quite clever enough to decide not to eat that. Bruce, any big surprises in having a tortoise? Oh, my goodness. I would say that that was her uh, steely little uh, determination in life. Uh, she, she's possessed of a whim of iron. Early on, I would uh, sometimes place her in a circular eight or nine foot diameter planter that we have in our front yard. This was actually a big playpen for a four inch long tortoise. But she wanted out. 
and she spent her time trying to climb out of the planter. Often she would fall over on her carapace, on her back, if you will, uh, and uh, you couldn't just watch her there, so you would... Uh, She'd require a little help to write herself, but dozens of times uh, this sort of a thing would happen. I had to sit nearby uh, reading a book and checking on the results of her obsessive behavior. And then one day I went inside for a bottle of water, and when I returned, she was walking around on the rim of the planter. Mission accomplished. <laughs> they they uh, are very single-minded at some things. And they seem to like to be on the move. Bruce, who should or should not have a tortoise? Well, I suppose there are just uh, tortoise people around, but uh, I think the basic criteria to have any animal is just simply to have a reverence for all life. It's pretty magical that we're here, and it's just as magical that animals exist, too. As for folks who shouldn't have dropped a tortoise, uh, I would say those would be people who uh, expected to retrieve the morning paper Hope it will fetch their slippers, even if it's once at a time. Or people who want a pet for personal protection and guard duty, that wouldn't work at all. That's right. Now, I'm sure the lifespan of a tortoise depends on the species. Do you know how long Miss T might live to? And have you made any provisions for Miss T's care after yeah. you're gone? Well, I understand these, uh, these, these animals live from 50 to 60 years. Chances are this tortoise will outlive everyone I know. This is, of course, a serious issue for anybody that's responsible for the well-being of a cat or a dog or a parakeet or a tortoise. Um, I'm going to say that my granddaughter would take over the care of Miss T. A wonderful source of information for tortoise owner is the Turtle and Tortoise Club, which has a chapter right here in Palm Desert. Um, if you do a Google search on that, you'll have an immense amount of advice and useful information regarding the care, feeding, housing, and legal technicalities of tortoise guardianship. Dr. Bruce Strathy, thank you so much for sharing your experience with us. Oh, thank you for having me on here. Hey folks, it's Dana here. I want to talk to you a little bit about our power grid. Now, it's no secret that the administration has literally declared war on the coal industry. And the result is that the cost of electricity is skyrocketing right past the record rates we already have. Now, ultimately, I believe these policies are going to create real shortages of electricity. It's like Obamacare, but with the power grid. And it gets worse. Experts say that our power grid continues to remain unprotected and vulnerable, which is why I want all of my listeners to be able to produce their own supply of electricity. Listen, I believe that it's time to prepare. You should always prepare and be prepared, especially with any coming problems concerning the power grid. So do what I did. Get a solar generator from Solutions from Science. They run quietly, emit no fumes, and produce an endless supply of electricity from the sun. Go to DanaSolarBackup.com to learn more. That's DanaSolarBackup.com. Use coupon code Dana to get a special half-price offer. DanaSolarBackup.com. This report is brought to you by Hickory Farms. With the holiday season underway, there's still time to find that perfect gift for that special someone. For over 60 years, Hickory Farms, America's most famous holiday food gift brand, has been a family favorite with their award-winning signature sausages, cheeses, and other specialty foods. This year, Hickory Farms is introducing Simply Hickory Farms, a line of sausage, cheeses, and condiments made from simple, wholesome ingredients with no preservatives, artificial colors, or flavors. Their 100% all-natural beef sausage and naturally aged handcrafted Wisconsin cheeses are sure to delight friends and family of all ages. And for that someone on your list with a sweet tooth, Try this year's new decadent white and dark chocolate peppermint bark, creamy milk chocolate, sea salt caramels, or one of their new holiday cookie gifts. Hickory Farms specialty gift boxes and baskets are available at Holiday Market. I'm Bob Dorigo Jones, and this is Let's Be Fair. A self-described psychic from Texas is suing the governor of New York for reward money that was offered during a high-profile manhunt last summer. In June, Governor Andrew Cuomo said that the state would pay $100,000 to anyone who provided information leading to the capture of two inmates who had escaped from a prison in upstate New York. The psychic claims he called the governor's office after that and provided information that helped locate the men. But in a rambling 31-page lawsuit, he can only point to vague opinions he gave, such as the inmates separating at some point and that the police were walking right by them. 
Let's be fair. I'm not usually one to make predictions, but there is one thing I can foretell in this case with absolute certainty. The taxpayers of New York are going to have to pay to defend this ridiculous lawsuit. A judge has allowed the case to proceed without requiring the man to pay the usual filing fee because, and I quote, the plaintiff has only about $80 in his bank account. Learn more. Visit our website at centerforamericatv.org. So holiday season is here. So Peter, I want to talk about how we can keep our companion animals safe this time of year. And we do like to mention this every year around this time. So I have a quiz for you. A quiz? <laughs> Pop quiz. I hated those. Oh, I know you do. I know you did. Yeah. Which of the following... I still have nightmares. <laughs> you won't have nightmares about this quiz. Which of the following are poisonous to dogs? Macadamia nuts, grapes, chocolate, onion and garlic, or all of the above? Well, I, it must be all of the above, right? Yes, it is. I did not know about those macadamia nuts, though. Yeah, isn't that interesting? So oh. peanuts or peanut butter, I think, is okay for dogs, but not, not all nuts, obviously. Avocado, alcohol, yep. coffee, coffee, tea, and other caffeine products, also, also very poisonous to dogs. Grapes and raisins, candy and gum, yeast dough. And you know, Peter, it's always a good idea to keep the number of your local vet, the closest emergency clinic, and, and even the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center by in a convenient place. True or false? <laughs> Slices of apples, oranges, yeah. bananas, and watermelon make tasty and safe treats for your dog. Wow. Watermelon? Yeah. I would say probably they're all okay. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And obviously you'd want to remove the seeds and stems and leaves before giving them these foods. But yes, watermelon. Well, considering all the junk our dogs would be happy eating right. and seeds are not going to bother them. But, <laughs> but, um, but I never heard about that watermelon. Yeah, very high in vitamin A and C and others, uh-huh. low in calories. And dogs, apparently dogs seem to like it. Yeah. Our dogs like apples and carrots. Yes, they do like apples Yeah. True or false, canned Pumpkin can help maintain good digestive health for dogs and cats. I guess that's going to be true also. Yeah, yeah pureed pumpkin with no added sugar or spice, of course, can help dogs and cats with both diarrhea and constipation. So you just add a little tablespoon or two uh-huh. or in proportion of their size to their regular meals. And, and it's been known to keep them regular. Just uh, fixes everything. <laughs> you know, I didn't know cats were into pumpkin. I didn't know... I bet your our cats would not eat a pumpkin. I, I bet you you're right. Yeah. Which of the following are poisonous to cats? Potpourri, holly, mistletoe, lilies, poinsettia, or all the above? Yeah, that's probably all of those. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. All of the above. You've got to yeah. be very careful um, with certain plants around, uh, around cats. All of the following can poison or kill our pets, but what is the most common okay. sources of companion animal poisoning? Rodent poisons and insecticides, mm-hmm. leftovers such as chicken bones, rubber bands, yarn, strings, and even dental floss are easy to swallow and can cause intestinal blockage and strangulation. Antifreeze that contains ethanol glycol. Human medications such as painkillers, including aspirin, acetaminophen, ibuprofen, cold medicines, or electric cords and batteries. Whoa. So okay. what is All the hazards. most common source of companion animal harming or poisoning i'm gonna say the human medicines uh, no no yeah that's i was doing so well <laughs> rodent poisons and insecticides hmm. most common source really yeah but yeah human medicine boy that's a big one isn't it according to many behaviorists companion animals are often very energetic and happy during the holiday season or are they extremely stressed out during this time of year they are stressed out. Yeah, they are stressed out. And to minimize the holiday stress on your companion animal, board your animal during the holidays. That's choice one. Give your companion animal table scraps. Choice and, B. And extra treats. Yes. Or try to maintain a consistent routine, including feeding and exercise okay. schedules. I do. We have talked about this. This consistency of the routine is the most important. Yeah. And listen, in addition, you want to consider giving your companion animal his own quiet space to retreat to with fresh water, place to snuggle, maybe a place to hide from any of the cats. True or false. 
More companion animals are reported lost during the holiday season compared to any other time of the year. Mm. Gee, okay, I'll say that's true. False. False. Actually, it's 4th of July. Okay, holiday season is the second close, but 4th of July, according Mm. to AmberAlert.com, Animal Control Services sees a 30% increase in lost pets from July 4th to the 6th. Mm. And Peter, 30 to 60% of lost pets are euthanized because they they can't be properly identified and returned to their guardians. That's an incredibly high number. Yeah, so just keep that in mind. Of course, the holiday season is is a problem too. Dogs can run off, doors are left open, company comes in and out, packages get delivered, right? Cats can run in and out without you even knowing. And then, of course, needless to say, your companion animal should be properly tagged and chipped and collar with current identification in the event they do they do escape yes the chip is i would just like to repeat the deal about the chip yeah so that's so important and also we had a guest a few years ago who reminded us of the obvious which is just make sure you've got control over your doors so as your guests enter and leave you know you need to uh make sure you know stand by them let them in and out right good point True or false, meat and poultry bones are safe for your companion animal and good for their teeth. No, that's false. That's very false. Bones are brittle. You have these sharp pieces. They can get lodged in your pet's intestine or esophagus, causing truly a a, a medical emergency. Peter, true or false, the water used to keep the Christmas tree is safe for your companion animal to to ingest. Mm, You know... That one I'm pretty sure is false. Who knows what's what's in that? Right. You put fertilizer. In yeah, it yeah. Many or... contain fertilizer and preservatives, or mm-hmm. you know, at the very least, it gets stagnant and can breed bacteria. Right. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this this can make your pet very ill if if he or she consumes it. And similarly, cats also love these stringy things like ribbon and yarn and loose little parts. So be be very careful. I mean, I'm telling you, in two seconds, yep. a cat can get into these things and you never know what's in the cat's mouth. Remember, this that's happened to us, didn't it? With a needle and thread, as I recall. Yeah. One of our cats. Margarita. Uh, the amazing thing is that she found the needle and thread in our house. <laughs> But regardless, uh, she was, uh, she had the thread in her mouth and the needle dangling from it. And she was just prancing around. Yeah. Who, uh, so that, I think I grabbed it. You did. Right out of there. You did. I, so no wow. more needles in the house. Yes. And finally, of, of, and of course, we don't want to forget to mention how important it is to protect our companion animals from the cold weather. Right. Right. So uh, if you're in the real, first of all, you need to leave them inside, right? Right. So, so you're, if you've got a quote unquote outdoor dog or cat, you know, bring them in and uh, then keep their paws nice and warm. You got these variety of little booties available, wipe their paws off if they are exposed to salt and, and other stuff from the ground. Right. And, uh, and, oh, I saw this great thing online the other day, and that is how to make a little cat enclosure if you are taking care of outdoor cats or feral cats there's a bunch of neat ways that you can make them a nice warm habitat oh how wonderful yeah a little fun project great okay peter i give you an a A minus minus Uh, Minus. my best grade of the semester okay Okay, good job and happy holidays to you from animals today Animals Today Radio is made possible in part by a generous grant from International Society for Animal Rights, isaronline.org.